in this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm returning after six years in cancellation. I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, <laughs> Ending Pending is typically a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season, but like a necromancer raising his favorite zombies from the grave sure. we are covering the quest the quest again we are we are taking a little bit of a detour this time we are pending paladins is a, is what we're calling it <laughs> that was a terrible joke ronnie no it's good uh, that's what we're calling it that's that's evan, evan couldn't be here today no uh, but we are joined by a very special guest very special guest uh a special guest who you might know from episodes one through nine of the ABC fantasy reality challenge show, The Quest. With us today is Paladin Patrick. Patrick, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, thanks for having me. So like, The Quest is coming back. We're all super excited about it. Uh, Patrick was gracious enough to uh, lend us some time and talk with us about season one. Uh, since this is the first show that we have ever covered that is getting a season two and we're just stoked about it. We're stoked and we're pretty sure we had a lot to do with it. You know, it, it's, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our I mean, podcast. the quest army was, was, was listening. I don't know if they loved it or not. I'm sure that they loved hearing from Pout and Jim and now hearing from Pout and Patrick. Uh, but clearly the execs over at ABC and Disney were like, we got to get more of this ending pending heat on our streaming service. <laughs> The Mandalorian, get it out of here. We don't need it. Boy Meets World, I've been watching a lot of that. Get it out of here. Not for me. We need more of the quest. And here we are. Yeah. Patrick, what? Tell us in a couple of words, because we haven't heard from you at all about your experiences with that first season. Just tell us in a, in a couple of words what the quest means to you. Yeah, it was kind of like a chance to live out every bit of my little fantasies, you know, that I had growing up as a kid when I was playing D and D and, you know, getting involved in, you know, all that kind of fantasy sci-fi universe that I was into. And it was kind of a validation of all those little nerd fandoms that I had as a kid and, you know, getting to see this and have it be a cool thing. That was like the ultimate like experience for me. We have some, uh, some quick audio to share from that first season, the quest from one of the, the penultimate episode. We're going to play that right here. Patrick, the virtuous father figure. I'll put on my bag and carry if I got him. Whose strength? What will you do with your enemy? Crush them, sir! Experience. I hereby present you with the mark of intelligence. And protective nature. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Make him a formidable opponent. It, it gives me goosebumps. I, I just yeah, love. No, I got goosebumps. Right. It was me. <laughs> The, the dynamics of the characters on this show, uh, the paladins of, of all the inner workings, it was just so, so well done. Uh, and I know that had a lot to do with, you know, the, the stories they were telling and a lot to do with kind of the, the way that they were coaching you through it. But so much of it comes down to all of you just fully buying in to this narrative, to this world, to Sanctum. Uh, tell us a little bit more about like what it was like to to really be in that fully in that world. 
Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, obviously, at first, you know, you're you're running around and you, there's these cameramen all over the place. And, you know, in the first few episodes, I mean, I, I think all of us were kind of less, basically just trying to adjust, like, how are we going to make this work? You know, how are we going to make, you know, how are we going to make ourselves believe in this enough that, you know, it doesn't come across as hokey? And then it just kind of happened and we forgot that cameras were there. And it was really about our experience with each other. And we fully bought, bought into the storyline. I mean, obviously, you know, we knew it was a story. It wasn't real. But I think, like, we all got caught up in the moment. And in that particular moment, we acted as if it was real. So, yeah, it was incredible. Are there any, uh, like, huge standout moments for you that, like, six years later have have really stuck with you? Um, I know as just a fan of the show who watched it when it aired and then watched it again when when we initially covered it, there were so many moments that you were a part of that like signify to me what the quest is about, whether it's the, the cage challenge and you going back for Bonnie or saying that you'd only bow to the queen, uh, stuff like that, like just stay with you. Are there any of those moments for you? Yeah. I mean, those, those moments that you mentioned, and I, I think something that I really wish that they had shown some, you know, a little bit more of, obviously, you know, they couldn't, but, just the camaraderie of the the 12 of us and the way that we used to like pass the time and just kind of come together at the table. I mean, there, we used to sing this song, you know, uh, uh, wild Rover. Uh, and we, you know, we even after the show ended, we formed a Facebook group for us to kind of still chat and we called it the 12 wild Rovers. So like that type of thing, the camaraderie, it wasn't like any other, you know, reality show that was out there there was no like i mean obviously there was a little bit of competition that you saw like with christian but i think even that was overplayed it really was we were all into it with you know about each other and finding the the best of us you know to make it to the end and obviously that came across but like some of those like special moments and you saw it a little bit you know there i think there was a couple ones like the saran's garb song and everything but it was really those moments where we were, you know, those quiet moments alone, even more so than the challenges, I think, that have stuck with me. I don't know any other show that lasted for as short a time as it did that has had a fandom so devoted to it to this day. The Quest Army is still celebrating the the only season of the quest they still talk about it and i believe that if abc released that that footage of you guys like hanging out if they just did a special on season one of the quest people would eat that up oh absolutely one of the things that is going to be a little bit different about uh season two of the quest is that it is going to be made up of paladins who are primarily teenagers uh younger folks um, we know that uh, Paladin Jim was the youngest of your Paladin class at 22. This is going to be a whole, whole different kettle of fish. Uh, you know, you're a teacher. You, you, you are in the classroom with students. What different dynamics do you think will be in play with a group of, of young people as the Paladin instead of adults? But I mean, God, just from being a teacher, you know, of kids that are, you know, early teens and whatnot, it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to have, you know, more drama than we did as adults and how much they kind of like buy into the story. If, if they keep the same type of format, it's going to be interesting because I mean, teaching kids this age, you see just how much their social interactions with each other, like is 
you know, as adults, we all have responsibilities that we focus on, but when the kids are this age and, you know, the older you get, the more you forget that, you know, social interaction was such a big part of our lives when we were teenagers. So I'm going to, it's going to be real interesting to see how that plays out on the show. One thing that I noticed, Patrick, as I was, uh, as I was combing back through all the, the data and the details of that first season, um, was that you were up for banishment in episode one. And then, of course, you were not on that chopping block again until episode nine. What was going through your head in, the, in that first episode where, where it was, I believe, you and Katie and you, you were uh, shooting the, the, the dummies? What compelled you to really drive through that to make sure that that was not you that was being banished first? Um, I think for that one... I, you know, that was a tough one because Katie and I being from the same, you know, we're both from Chicago. So that was hard, but you know, you didn't want to be the one to go home. So, you know, I just, archery was something that I kind of took to. So I did my best just to make sure that I did well. I figured, I I figured that even if I was either going to win the challenge and that would be great, or I wasn't going to win, but I was going to have enough votes. Mm -hmm. So I had a feeling no matter what um, that Katie was going home. I wish there was another way it could have happened. Yeah, I mean, none of us ever wanted to go home, obviously. Sure. No one wanted each other to go home. Um, so it, it was, I was torn. I remember even one time during the challenge, there was a point where I felt so bad because Katie was struggling so bad with the, with the bow and the arrow that um, I, I, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to just to make myself feel better. I'm going to shoot my own target once, <laughs> you know, I'm, Bonnie was like, no, don't shoot your target. I'm like, no, I did that on purpose. It's okay. Um, but no, I mean, I, I felt bad about it. I mean, that's again, it just goes to show that, you know, how not a cutthroat reality television show this was. And I okay. think I really believe that it was like ahead of its time. Cause I think it, it would have gone over much better had it been, released in this day and age, which I'm so glad that the second season is, but cause I think that we need that kind of thing on television. Well, that that's what made it stand out. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big survivor fan. Um, but the reality shows of, of that era from like the mid two thousands to the late, uh, you know, 2010s were, were very cutthroat. There was a lot of cattiness. There was a lot of drama. Every, every reality show was this backstabbing who can be the biggest villain kind of show. And I never really had a stomach for it outside of survivor. And then the quest came along and I was like, Oh my goodness. Why isn't there more? Why aren't there more shows like this? Like you all bought into the idea of, we want to support the one true hero, even if it's not me. And I just thought that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And the best part was it just happened naturally. I mean, they, they got such a good group of people that, I mean, we didn't discuss it. We didn't sit down and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. It just happened. So I hope they catch that lightning in a bottle with this, you know, with the second and hopefully future seasons with this, because, you know, that was just, it was so special to be a part of. I think, uh, Something else that really, you know, sticks with me about the quest is its reliance on practical effects, which um, I've always preferred to, you know, CGI things. And when you look at the the hag or the siren or um, the troll, 
they they look and feel so real when you're watching it as a viewer it uh i have no idea how how the team made them but they're they're remarkable what was it like seeing those in person i mean that must have been incredible oh yeah i mean the hey i i did not get to see the banshee up close i really wish i would have cuz you know in watching that show you know she looks just terrifying the hag seeing her up close i mean you couldn't tell it was makeup uh you knew it was makeup but you you couldn't tell you're looking for the seams you can't see the seams i mean the stuff with the the you know the ogre um was just you know seeing it, it was dug in, um the same guy who did verlox i think he was the same guy that was doing uh, the ogre and just the way that he could move in there under all that bulk and that incredible costume and the animatronics they had to pull off. I mean, they had stuff in there you, you'd see in like big budget films. So to see it up close and on the small screen and still have it be believable was just wow. <laughs> my uh, my fiance and I uh, help run a LARP called Lost Colonies and we're constantly trying to throw new creatures and monsters at our players that'll I'll give them the spooks and give them the nightmare. And, um, you know, we, we try and do a lot with a little and watching the quest, it, it felt so validating of like, this is basically a LARP on, you know, a national stage, like, like, mm-hmm. uh, to take the hobby and, and throw it out there, um, in such a big way with such a high budget felt so cool to see. And those monsters, man, I still can't get over them absolutely incredible that, i mean yeah. for a moment to like just geek out and like step out of the interviewer the whole scene with with the ogre and, and ansgar like it, i can't imagine the front row seat that y'all had to like what that, a stud that that yeah. battle of just like just him just saying oh you're not really getting the crossbow together the, the, the catapult uh i'm just gonna go down with my hammer like, <laughs> like such commitment i love it yeah no that was great the the NPC characters, uh, the actors, you know, you have uh, the Queen and you have Ansgar and you have Creo. Uh, what was it like interacting with them? Um, like, did they have a great character around you? Were they always committed to the bit? Oh, they were always. I mean, they were. They never broke character. Never. Not until we were done with everything. Did they finally break character? And, you know, we got to got to see them outside once everything was all said and done. Then finally they did. And that was, that was freaking incredible. Um, I know that Bonnie's had the chance to spend time. Like I think Ansgar, uh, Peter and, um, and the, the one who plays Creo Jan or yeah, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm terrible at how you pronounce some of the names, but I, I think they've been in the Vizier's been in, um, and some of the guys that did the, you know, the fight training and whatnot, they've, they came to Chicago and got to hang out with them. And the, these people were great. And not once did they break character. I mean, it didn't matter if the camera was rolling or not. So they had to come up with stories and bits and improv, whether the cameras were rolling or not, you know, based on whatever we just happened to ask. Them. So that I, was just, that was, wow. I love that because one, you guys are all improving. Obviously you guys don't have a script and um, you know, the bits for you sometimes, you know, make a, a modern day reference and they act confused and then you have to explain it. That's always really uh, uh, cool and funny. And uh, clearly you guys are thinking on your feet, uh, carrying this plot and this story, but the, the actors don't have a script. They don't 
have lines. I mean, I'm sure they had to learn and memorize lore and stuff, or they're making up lore on the fly, but that's, that's difficult. That's not easy to do. And, and they sell it every single episode. They sell it. Mm-hmm. So with, with season one, um, excellent, excellent items, uh, uh, challenges the entire time. Um, we, we noticed when we discussed the show that as it started out, the show was very well-rounded. And if you'll remember, like the, the, the challenges were a healthy combination of, of physical and mental and even, even some emotional of just like really like getting deep to people. Um, and towards the end that started to seem to favor physical challenges just because that's, you know, what ends up happening in a, in a, in a live reality show like this, this is clearly going to be a younger crop. Um, do you have confidence in, in the showrunners of the new show to be able to keep that diversity in the, the challenges to make sure that, you know, not one attribute is favored over another that was, that was important to the, uh, the search for the true hero. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that that feedbacks, you know, it's not, definitely not the first time that that's come up. Um, you know, they did have a, a number of the, you know, more quote unquote mental challenges and people seem to really like that and obviously would have liked for more of it. And they, you know, they've had some time. I, I got to imagine that this isn't something that just happened overnight. And, you know, even when season one ended, they were, you know, thinking, already thinking about season two, before, you know, in case it happens. So I'm hoping that, you know, they've got a good mix of that um, for the next generation of paladins and that they really, you know, took that to heart in some of those, you know, comments because people bought into both of them. I, it's, you know, it's not hard to make you know, a physical or an action type of challenge look good on TV, you know, right. whereas working out puzzles and whatnot you know, that's going to be a challenge in and of itself is trying to figure out how to make that engaging for the audience. But I have no doubt, I'm positive that if anyone can do it, you know, you've got, you know, Mark and Jane, you know, and Bertram and the rest of them that are all, you know, have experience in this and will find a way to do it. Let's, uh, let's talk about the cage challenge because it's, it's tough to watch. It's really emotional. Um, as a viewer watching it live, it was, really intense and still going back and watching through the quest again and again, it still like freaks me out. That seems like such a tough challenge. What was that like? No, when you say cage, cause there were two times where I was in a cage. So, okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Are you talking about uh, the one where the, the episode one, nine or the, the fates challenge that was a cage? The, the, the black eye where you, you okay. go back to Bonnie, you, you chuck the cage like the incredible yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the one where prior to that, that was the team challenge that, you know, Christian kind of like picked the teams in a way that he thought was most beneficial to him. Yes. Um, and so that was also when we found out about it, uh, that that had happened. And I forget exactly who told us, but it, it came to light. And so I, I just know that, knew that, you know, I was pissed extremely pissed and we didn't know that um only one person was going to go home we thought that because there was four of us that there could be two going home so as we did the way that you know we kind of figured it out was well you know without knowing what the challenge is we need at least one of us to win so that we can at least get one of us to do it so my adrenaline was you know pumping for that thing 
And, um, you know, when I did it, I just, that was probably the most single minded I've been in a goal in any of those challenges was just making it through to the end and making sure that I won. And then when I got to the end and won, and then just, you know, okay, here comes Christian and here comes Adria and where's Bonnie, where's Bonnie. So that, that was rough too, because, you know, she's my roommate. She's like my sister. She and I are still like incredibly close friends to this day, you know, talk on the phone. We try and talk every week. Um, so, you know, we had that bond, you know, way back then even. So to, she's not coming and that was, you know, worrisome. And then you kind of heard the scream and that's when we all took off. And um, yeah, it was, it was hard because one, she was hurt. And two, we still didn't know that only one person was going to be going home and not two. So it was an emo- that whole night was an emotional roller coaster. I believe it. Yeah. And here's the one up mushroom. Oh, brilliant. That will pair perfectly with the Phoenix Downs. Ooh, don't don't forget the gamer tears. Ah, yes, of yes. course. Brilliant. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, come in and sit down. Hello, weary traveler. You've come quite far. So let us tell you who we are. We are your best friends. Yes, all three. There's Ray and Joe and Terrence. That's me. We love video games and welcome you to our discussion of why we do. Minecraft, Halo, and Pokemon. Triple A, Indie, and Wizard 101. And while Overwatch is still close to our heart, it's time for new games to play a larger part. So enjoy the gab of We Friends 3 as we unravel game sorcery. Gaming New Horizons can be found on LunarLightStudio.com every other Friday. Mm, and don't forget to add the Mountain Dew Code Red. I drank it all. You didn't save any for our guest. I'm so what sorry. Is this? <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine with, you know, being in training and being in these challenges and, and, and just kind of working towards a singular goal that coming back to the States and kind of going going back to, to a, you know, a non-ever realm life was was uh, was a bit of even like a culture shock in the opposite way. Uh, we discussed earlier how we're pretty big fans of LARP. Did you uh, did you dive into any of that scene to try and recapture that magic of the the live action role playing? I mean, I definitely wanted to. The desire was there, um, but having a, a little you know a little girl at the time. She's not so little anymore. She's getting bigger and bigger. But um, no, she was only what four at the time. I want to say when I got back from filming that, and then I had to jump right back in. The school year just started, so it was kind of one of those things where, as much as I wanted to, I you know it didn't exactly work out with you know my life at the time. Sure, sure. Um, but I've always been like it, like I've never actually tried the LARPing bit, but like as far as like role playing games go, yeah, I always did the the tabletop D and D with friends and. So yeah, I mean, there was definitely times where I'm like, oh god, I just want to take a weekend 
because you can't do it for just a few hours. No. You got to go like, you got to start around dinner time and like it ends the next morning at around breakfast. Sure. <laughs> when I was a, when I was a college freshman, we would meet, uh, gosh, what was it? It was like Fridays at 1030. And then we would play till Saturday at like 4am and then we'd all go to bed. Um, right. Yeah, it was an absolute blast mm-hmm. uh, with the tabletop role playing games. Especially when you get a good DM that's got a good story going, you just don't want to go home. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And meanwhile, you're uh, you're sitting there with the DM, like, yeah, you're pretty good, but uh, the creators of Lord of the Rings, they they <laughs> yeah. they really painted a really good word picture. Uh, you know, when I was in big Austria, shoes to fill now, yeah. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that you uh, your daughter uh, was was around four at the time. Uh, I am a new father myself. What did what did she think? about her, her paladin father. Uh, has she seen the show? Have you, have you watched it back with her? Oh yeah. Um, she watched it when it was on. Cause when she, when it aired, finally she was five or six, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um, she's like five, I think. And so she watched it. We've got this great video of her. Like with the, when I, got banished she was like in tears and i had to get a video of it and send it to andrew and she's like andrew should have gotten vanished (laughs) and she called it vanished which i thought was great right yeah but um yeah it took her a few months to even want to like say his name in this house it was like taboo and then i think it was a uh, the following Halloween, we made her a, we made her a paladin costume. Oh, that's so cool! So there's a like a picture on my Facebook page, I think, of um, me holding her, and I I was wearing my paladin outfit, and she was wearing hers, and we got her a LARP sword and everything, and a shield from the Ren Fair out here. So, and she's probably she probably watches because we bought it on Amazon Prime the the quest, and so she probably watch we sit down and watch it at least once a year. So even now, like, and she's now she's like, well, it's got to do good because I may not be a teenager yet, but in four years I can be, I'll be a teenager. <laughs> Dude, so awesome. How, so she, how truly legendary would it be for your daughter to like pick up your sword and go to ever That would be awesome. Oh yeah. She would absolutely, that would be like a dream come true for her. I mean, this kid is just, she, she's awesome. She is incredibly awesome. I mean, even narratively of like you be, uh, we heard from the clip, like you being, uh, you know, portrayed as the father figure there for all these years later for the child of a paladin to come back to Everrealm that to be your, like, ah, that, that, ah, I'm TM, TM, Disney plus you, you owe me a little bit of money for that. I contend even at, even if she, you know, even at 10 years old, she would be a front runner. Sure. She didn't need to be a teenager. Kids super smart, super active. She could she could go on now and be like the underdog. That would be incredible. That'd be incredible. Do you have any any words of advice for this new generation of paladins? Uh is there anything you wish someone had told you before your time in Everome? Yeah, you know, just don't be afraid to be outside your comfort zone and you know, really just Really try and find the one true hero. Don't worry about the drama. It's okay if it's not you. Just, you know, do your best and make sure that the best person, you know, that can, you know, is the one true hero. Top-notch advice. Yeah, for sure. That, and that's, that's uh, it is what, it is what made, like, the the situation, as you said, it was a little bit overblown, but the situation with Christian so 
not, not, it, just, it just stood out as something that was a little bit off in the show. Um, <clears throat> whether it was editing or, or, or whatever the case, just that's the kind of thing that I almost think maybe a bunch of teenagers, like not, not that they won't be able to, to scheme and, and, and put stuff together like that, but I hope that they are able to really join together and, and, and work together towards that shared goal in the same way that you all were. It, yeah. I, that's what makes the show. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. So we're, we're in season two now. Clearly this is a fantastic concept. You don't need to really tear up the script too much. You kind of just put new, new folks in these roles and, and go and, and find some new interesting challenges. But you know, what, what would you like to see, whether it's, you know, of course, I'm sure the return of some existing or former paladins would be uh, a pretty sweet little, uh, little treat for everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I'd be on board for that in a heartbeat. <laughs> they need a captain of the guard and they want me. Yeah. Just give me a call. I'm free. doesn't matter when it is. I am free. <laughs> paladin, Paladin Jim talked about wanting to be the librarian and I would, oh. I would love to see you return as uh Captain of the Guard, or maybe a, a grizzled, uh, you know, hero who who's a commander and stuff. That would be so cool. Oh yeah, and it's funny how so many of us like there are roles that you could see us filling in something like that. Like you know, Bonnie's the bard, Ashley's you know the the horse trainer, master horse, whatever you want to call it. And there's so many. It's just they they nailed the casting for the first season, and they could use us for future seasons if they so desire. <laughs> but as far as like what they what i'd like to see back god you know if they could bring back any of those i I, the big thing i think i want is i don't want them to pretend that season one didn't happen because season one did end with a you know a slight cliffhanger they don't have to go back and necessarily explore that implicitly but it would be nice if whatever is going on in season two could have been a result of like the vizier going free Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. And if, if there's someone listening to this that hasn't seen it, why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah. Oh. Said. And apparently Siri couldn't hear what I said. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I really want them to kind of like have it be a continuing thread from the first season. That's more than anything. That's what I'd like to see. There's such a, a loyal and devout fan base we've talked about the the quest army and we had them right in the first time we covered the quest and uh they were so kind and welcoming to us um when we covered the show and um i was a fan well before but ronnie and evan were were new to the quest um and they were just so kind to us and they're still talking about it and i and they're so excited for season two they feel like uh, because they haven't stopped talking about it, they're part of the reason why it's coming back. And, and I fully believe that the fact that this show has had a devoted fan base for six years uh, is a big reason why they're bringing it back. And if they did act like season one didn't happen, if they did this as a full reboot instead of a revival, instead of a continuation, I, I feel like um, that would almost be disrespectful not only to the fans, but to the Paladins who made season one so special. So I, I completely agree. I very much hope that um, they address aspects of season one, whether it's, um, you know, Sir Angsgar's uh, armor mounted somewhere or, uh, you know, uh, 
they, they, they talk about Creo or they talk about the queen, you know, there, there's stuff that they need to, I think, um, pay homage to from season one for sure. Yeah. And, uh, bring any of the paladins back uh, as a mentor role or uh, even just talked about in legend would be uh, a huge treat for us longtime fans. Yeah, I agree. Are there any monsters you want to see again? Uh, I love the ogre. Um, the ogre and the hag, like as cool as the banshee was, like she was terrifying, but like there's, there's kind of like a personality that goes with the ogre and the hag, maybe the ogre more so because of an inside joke with the paladins with that, but the hag, I mean, she's been such probably out of all the creatures the more talked about one, like with the quest army, everyone's, you know, mentions a hag at some point or another. Um, the ogre just because we're convinced that Sebastian got eaten in the first episode. And we'll get to <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, for sure though, it'd be great. I mean, especially because the hag's supposed to have been around for like a long ass time. So they need to bring her back. Yeah. I would love to see any, any of the season one monsters again, and I'm excited to see new monsters in season two, but mm-hmm. uh, that the hag is, is a certain kind of unsettling for sure. Oh yeah. We talked a bit about you heading back to, back to the classroom and back, to, back to your job as a teacher. What did becoming a paladin affect your, your, your job mentoring students and, and teaching them at all? Um, I mean, it, it's even now it's kind of like a hook for the kids. Like, I mean, not, not as far as like the actual job. I mean, I teach math as much as I would love to incorporate some bits of the quest in there. And Here's a sword, kids. <laughs> I mean, the whole rock shaving thing and measuring out the weighing and stuff like that. That's a whole, I, I still can't get over the math on that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as far as like, you know, Hey, you know, eventually someone in the class always fights. Cause I guess kids nowadays, that's the thing to do is Google your teacher. So of course when they Google me, this comes up and then there, it's an ongoing discussion throughout the year. And sometimes we use it as incentive, like, Oh, you know, or at least not so much this year, but in the past years I've been like, okay, well, if you guys really want to watch an episode, we can watch an episode, but you got to do this work first. <laughs> so, so they definitely what's, see it. What's the one episode you show them? Oh, I, I th- since we do it over the course of the year, we usually kind of go in order. Throughout. Oh, nice, nice. You got to be a completionist. Um, you know, you can't just you can't just throw them in an episode exactly. nine without having watched exactly. anything. But it, I mean, I will say it, it gets it allows them to see a different side of me that they probably wouldn't see in, in with any other teacher or you know. So it's it's interesting for sure <laughs> to see their reactions to it and whatnot, and I get all kinds of questions. Sure. Um, so when uh, we, we, we talked to, to Pellin and Jim about this, and I'm curious your perspective, what, what happens when you do leave? Uh, so, so you get, you get banished. What, what happened for you before then the finale? Um, what was that like? Uh, I think it was a training boot camp for the big battle, right? Well, for me, it literally was, I got banished. And then the next day we were working <laughs> yeah. on the finale. So there was nothing for me okay, because it was so close to the end. You still kicked all sorts of ass though in that final battle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we worked on, <laughs> yeah. we, we worked on like the guys would pull you aside and be like, I think it'd be really cool if you did this. Um, 
so there, that was just some quick choreography that worked out. Um, the pulling the guy off the horse, I think I was supposed to do it more gently than I did. So maybe I should have used some, or should have had some more practice with that. But <laughs> that was so <laughs> freaking epic. Uh, when we covered that, I was freaking out. Um, it looked like you murdered that guy. That was awesome. <laughs> I thought I had. Like, like that was like I an anchor man. I literally like yanked him off the horse and threw him on the ground. I'm like, God, I hope he's got a lot of padding in there. It's just like, I think you just killed a guy. You might want to lay low for a while. <laughs> yeah, there's so. God, how fun was that final battle? Oh, it was a blast. It was so much fun. It was just, I mean, it was one, it was a few hours of nothing but adrenaline pumping and you felt exhausted afterwards. I mean, you got to see, you know, of course, Bonnie had not been banished long before you, but seeing Bonnie, seeing, seeing all of these, these, these friends that, that had been, you know, effectively removed from your world for a while. Um, and then immediately going into this adrenaline filled battle like that, I, I cannot imagine the, the overwhelming uh, experience of that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was so cool. We have mentioned a couple of times uh, the Quest Army and all of the fans of the Quest that have been fans for so long and, and were so gracious to us when we began to cover it. Um, I know that you are involved and engaged in those communities as well, but is there anything specifically you want to say to, to the fans of the Quest? Just, I mean, honestly, without the rewatch parties, the tweeting, the constant, you know, we may not be the, we may not have been the biggest fandom over the years, but we are definitely hands down the most persistent and no one walked away from it. It, you know, the quest army has done nothing but grow. So I think that that had to have played some part in the show coming back and just it, you know, they took a reality show and they really made this giant worldwide family out of the fandom of it. Is the best way that I could describe it. You're some truly amazing fans, dedicated, just, just. Oh God, yeah. To to this to this awesome awesome project. What does it What does it mean to to you to hear about the impact this show had? Because it, it it clearly made an impact on the people that engaged with it and watched it, and it clearly means so much to to so many people. And what does what does that feel like for you? I mean, it's super humbling. Um, you know, anytime that you, you, you hear about that you've personally made an impact or something that you've been a part of has made an impact on someone's life. You know, if it doesn't humble you, I think that there's gotta be something wrong with you, but I mean, it's just, I mean, it's such a good feeling, such a warm feeling to be able to, you know, experience and realize that you had some part in making some, someone else's, life on this planet a little bit brighter a little bit better or something you know it's it's that whole it's a wonderful life kind of like scenario where if i wasn't here and i didn't do this something would have been different you don't want the world to be exactly the same you know whether you were in it or not so when you hear that you've made an impact somewhere you realize that you're important to at least one other person in this world so that's huge any any uh, final stories that we that we didn't see on screen that you want to you know talk about real quick? Um, I got to imagine Jim's covered pretty much most of, the, <laughs> most of the crazy stuff between the the confessional room, the you know the magic mirror, and this god the stir craziness crap that we used to 
because there would be some downtime, like especially in the middle of the episodes. And man, sometimes we did we got a little stir, stir crazy. I think I don't I don't remember if Jim was part of it or not, but they really did. They had this mirror set up when we were supposed to talk to it, which that was probably the most awkward part of the thing. I'm glad it never made it in. But somewhere out there, there's got to exist a tape of, I think there had to have been five or six of us just being weird in front of the mirror in this room, <laughs> doing little skits and whatnot. You know, it was just. <laughs> how, how did you pass the time when you weren't at a challenge or whatever? Because you guys were confined to like three rooms or something, right? Yeah, we had the common room and our, our rooms. And that was pretty much it. The courtyard, if they ever let us out. Um, I drew, I eventually asked for some colored pencils and some paper so I could draw. Um, Cause that was my thing or work out or we'd play cards. They got us some cards. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we did our best to keep busy and keep entertained. The worst, I think the worst days were the, um, the days post shooting like the challenges and whatnot where they had to do interviews because they had to, they kept everyone separate for that. Okay. So you couldn't be together until everyone had gotten done interviewing because they didn't oh, want wow. to be talking and comparing notes. So I think maybe I'd have to, I, I don't remember exactly if you could be, you could be in the same room as your roommate, but that was pretty much it. And you weren't like allowed to walk around. You could go use your washroom, but really were kept separate and, and, the more people there were, the longer that took. So early on, that was like a three to four or five hour ordeal. What a so, like, yeah. what a transition from like these, these challenges, epic challenges where you're like forging camaraderie and really like working together to immediately like, all right, now stay separate and just kind of just hang out. Like, like the, yeah. the, the yeah. adrenaline, even then the adrenaline must've been pumping through that you had to calm down from. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because then on top of it, you're reliving it in front of a camera and you're, you know, trying not to sound like like a douchebag or anything. (laughs) You're trying not to sound like overexcited. So there's that. And then you're all cooped up. So you, you know, your nerves are going too. So if it was me, I would definitely be like, like a seven-year-old recalling a, a movie they'd seen recently of like, and then there was a hag and then there were some potions and then, and then we, we, we healed the, but, but, and then it was still bad. And then <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I could like form it into a coherent thought. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, and that's exactly what it felt like. <laughs> Do you think, uh, how the roommates were situated? Do you think that played a huge role in, how far everyone got? Like, do you think if you had had a different roommate, um, that would have affected your experience? Um, I mean, it would have been a little bit different. I still think Bonnie and I would have kind of like bonded, um, just because I can I kind of pegged her on it. <laughs> this is going to sound really worse than it was, but I had like three quarters of the contestants figured out before we even got there. <laughs> <laughs> because when we had to go to LA, um, so they sent 24 of us to LA and to do like the final round of like interviews and what, so they flew a bunch of you out there and like, they were like, okay, we're going to take 12 of you, but we're interviewing 24 of you. And so I, while I was there, 
I was looking at people and I was like cross-referencing it with people who were on this Facebook page and doing research on people. And Bonnie was one of the ones that stuck out. So like she was someone that even before I'm like, she's going to get on the show. Just looking at this girl's Facebook page, she's going to get on the show. And she seems really cool too. So she seems like someone I'll get. So there's, there's that. So I kind of had an idea or at least a hope that there'd be at least one other person that I could like bond with while I was there, whether they were my roommate or not. It just so happened that we ended up being. So that's super cool. Yeah. You're the friendship between the two of you, I think is one of my favorite aspects of, of the show. It's just, it's, it's beautiful and it's encouraging. And, um, it just feels like a very real life friendship uh, in oh, this yeah. fantasy world. So my daughter calls her aunt Bonnie. Oh. You know, she's, oh, she's, she's adorable. been to, she's Bonnie has been out here for conventions a few times. So we always go and meet up with her and see her perform with her library bard stuff. So yeah, her music is incredible too. If yeah. People, I'm, I'm sure people who watch the quest and listen to our podcast are already following Bonnie's music, but if you're not, yeah. you should. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And since my daughter Lucy is a bit musical too, musically inclined to, and in the theater among other things and a little bit of a nerd, like her and Bonnie are like two peas in a pod. So it's hilarious to watch those two like together. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we are going to be anxiously awaiting, uh, the return of the quest. Uh, we, we plan to jump this is going to be a very quest centric podcast for, for a while. <laughs> We're really going to be jumping around from our core mission a bit. Cause we just, we, we need to be a part of this world. Um, uh, out of all of the shows we have covered and we have covered at this point, a lot of TV shows and only lasted a single season. And some of them have been pretty bad. Uh, some mm-hmm. of them have been pretty good. Uh, a few of them have been phenomenal. And I think, if we could have picked one show to come back, we would have picked the quest and it's just, it's so exciting that it's happening. Oh yeah. And, and thank you so much for, you know, for covering it and introducing even more people to it because I think the more people that know about it, the more people that watch it, the better chance we have for it to be continuing on and on and for us to get more shows like this, which is what we need. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need positive uplifting storytelling now more than ever Story, uh, stories of triumph stories of, of, of togetherness and com- community. Like it, it, it's, it has everything that you need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh, so uh, th- again, thank you so much. Is there anything you would like to plug anything you would like to, uh, people to check out uh, whether it's your projects or someone else's? Um, yeah, really. I mean, the only thing, if people want to check out any of my artwork, they're welcome to check out my Twitter page. I'm at, uh, PQ Higgins. Um, I do a lot of promotional artwork for a mobile game that I play, which would be right up. Most people who like the quest would like this game called war dragons. Um, but I kind of like put my twist in humor and use it in the artwork. So if anyone wants to check it out, they can follow me there. Uh, you can follow ending pending. You can follow us on Twitter at PendingPod. You can follow us on Facebook at PendingPod. Follow us on Instagram at EndingPending. You can send us an email, PendingPod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from the Quest Army again if we can, we can uh, you know, get, get that community back on our side, back watching, back listening to our show so we can uh, keep rallying forward. I, I you know, I, I wanted to have you, Patrick, and, and Jim and anyone else we can have on because the news is so fresh, but I'd really like to keep 
everyone excited right up until the premiere of season two. Like it, it, it's, it's something that we, we really, we can rally together and make this kind of, you know, maybe, maybe have them push up that date a little bit to get us, uh, to get us what we want. Yep. Yep. If you need me to come back and help push that by all means, just like, <laughs> give me a call guys. <laughs> um, and if, if I can rally the troops here for a minute, uh, if you are a fan of the quests, uh, if season one gets put on Disney plus, please have oh, a rewatch yeah. party, tell your friends about it, get them watching it, uh, share our episodes with people who ha- maybe haven't listened to them, share our, our Paladin Jim interview, share our, our Paladin Patrick interview, um, get people talking about this show, uh, and, and be, be encouraging to the new Paladins. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be, I think, nerve wracking for these kids to, step into some legendary shoes. They have some big boots to fill, but uh, give them the benefit of the doubt. Give them all the love in the world. And uh, let's keep that positivity going. Uh, Cause I think that's what made season one so special. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, well said. Um, thank you to the lunar light studio network of podcasts. You can listen to other podcasts like ours, like mock footage, like the good boys, girls, like, cryptid keeper you can find more podcasts at lunarlightstudio.com check out the patreon patreon.com slash lunarlight hq uh and as we always say at the end of every podcast don't tell the grand vizier <laughs> <laughs> little twist little twist on this one little twist little, little twist. twist lunar light studio pretty witty and gay